Hello, I am your host, Michelle Walsh, and welcome to the Commercial Kitchen Conversations podcast, where we talk about all things related to running and maintaining your commercial kitchen, adding a bit of fun, innovation, and education in the process. In today's episode, I had a conversation with Doug Hall about some of the frequently asked questions that people have when it comes to working with food service providers. Have a listen. So Doug, what is the average hourly rate people are expected to pay when working with a a professional service company? Uh, Good question. Uh, In in New York, um, the street rate for a non-contracted commercial food service repair company is probably going to range from about 115 to probably $160 per hour. Currently, Tech Express is at $125 per hour for customers that are located in Manhattan. Uh, but the average hourly rate is dependent on the level of service that a customer signs up for. And what I mean by that is um, if a customer has an account and they have us coming out to do specific contracted work, then uh, very often the labor rates can be reduced. So it would be a negotiation to reduce the rate labor points based on either the volume of work or the type or scope of work that is being called out for. So you mentioned uh, a street rate versus a, a, a contract rate. Um, besides pricing, are there any other advantages to having a contract in place? Absolutely. Um, Contracts can be customized. And and, and when I mean customized, I mean they can be customized not only for the scope of work that is performed, but also for the price um, and the frequency at which the work is performed uh, to fit the budget of just about any establishment. It really doesn't matter matter whether we're talking about a um, chain restaurant, a hospital, a stadium, a hotel, uh, or, or a corporate uh, kitchen it really doesn't matter. Um, what matters is that, um, at least for Tech Express, we would create a contract or a scope of work that would directly uh, relate to what the needs of the customer were. So, if you need us there monthly, fine. If you need us there two times per year, that's okay too. If you want us to sanitize all your ice machines, uh, we can put that in a contract. If you don't want that and you want to deal with that, on an a la carte basis, then you can do that as well. But the most important thing is the more uh, scope of work that you sign up for should get you better pricing because then we can budget around that. We know what work we're doing for you. We know what we can do for you. And and that's an advantage price-wise. There's obviously other advantages about having a contract. A contract where a service company is uh, visiting on a regular basis means that your equipment is going to be maintained more effectively. And the maintenance on your equipment on a more regular basis has a tangible long-term effect on what you will pay during the life of your equipment. So, you know, just like a car, if you keep changing the oil and checking the tires and doing the right thing for a car, it's going to last you far longer than if you never change the oil and never change the tires. Awesome, great. So let's change the uh, conversation, and I really want to discuss um, response times. Specifically, how quick can someone expect that a technician to be 
at their establishment if something should go wrong, if their you know, walk-in uh, cooler is no longer cooling or their stove is not working. What is that time expected? Well, um, first off, we understand that, that anyone who calls us from a, a commercial establishment um, is, is, is under the gun, and everything is an emergency. But in reality, it really isn't um, an emergency. There are real, definite emergencies. Um, for the most part, if you were to place a service call with us in the morning, we'd probably have somebody there by the afternoon anyway. But sometimes that's not even fast enough. So if you have a walk-in cooler or a walk-in freezer where uh, the product is at, at risk, well, six hours is not fast enough. Uh, we probably need to get somebody there within two hours or four hours so that we can save your product. Um, and, and it's probably even less than four hours, probably more like two hours if we're dealing with um, a, plus, a plasma bank or a pharmacy refrigerator or a morgue refrigerator. We have to be there even faster for certain hospitals. So um, the, the, the response time should be proportionate to the nature of the emergency. So um, as a general rule of thumb, things like a walk-in refrigerator, walk-in freezer, uh, a blood or pharmacy refrigerator, or um, in some cases a, a dishwasher in a hospital, uh, those are high-priority items. Those are probably things that you should, you should expect to see a technician in place within two to four hours. If it's your panini grill and you have seven other panini grills, well, heck, maybe it's okay to do that later in the afternoon. It's not quite so important to get somebody there immediately. Okay. So what are some common discounts or packages for a company that uh, subscribes to a long-term service? That's a very good question. You're going to really look at that as a two-part question. So uh, first is, is the labor uh, rate. So if we are there performing preventive maintenance and if we are there on a regular basis, you might even qualify or really uh, – deserve to get a package that is what we call an unlimited labor package, which would mean essentially you pay one flat rate and there is no additional charge for labor, unless it's very specific kind of big, big scale projects. But for the most part, you could actually sort of prepay for labor up front. And if you have a lot of equipment and, and if you're really using that equipment on a frequent basis, then um, the sort of pay one price up front is pretty good. It's like the amusement park. You know, you pay one price, and if you want to ride the roller coaster all day long, you can ride it an unlimited number of times. So uh, that would be sort of uh, one of the discounts where you could really take advantage of um, having a technician there on an almost daily, maybe sometimes a couple times per day basis, depending on on what you um, on what you need. For for the other side. Um, one of the things where you can be really creative is on parts pricing. Uh, and let me explain what I mean by that. Everybody thinks that you only need parts when something breaks down. That's not exactly the truth. Um, you do need parts that are called wear item parts. Wear item parts are things like, um, maybe like gaskets. Uh, they may be things like air filters. Uh, believe it or not, there's grease filters and ovens that need to be changed. There's casters on carts that wear down. If you can work with your service company or if you would work with us to say, I need to go through X amount of these items per year, whether they're casters or 
gaskets or, or filters, we can discount those parts up front and then install them as the year goes. So there's really a two-part discount. When we're in a contract and we're really working with the customer, we can actually discount parts that we know we're going to replace. What does that mean? That means that maybe every three months or quarterly, we're going to replace the grease filter. Chances are you're probably doing it anyway, but you build it into a service contract. You can ask for a discount. The filter gets replaced under a PM. It's not a separate service call, and you can discount the parts. That's tremendous savings when you think about it that way. Some great advice there, Doug. So let's move on to the conversation of mileage. I know that's a question that comes up often. What would someone expect to pay in mileage charges, and is there a difference if they do have a contract with a service company? Of course. Um, in, In New York City, mileage charges don't often apply. We tend to call them travel charges. But, but geographically, uh, it, it, the, the way that these things are charged by service companies depends on, on where you're located. So, you know, if, if you were in a more rural area, then it might be a mileage charge. That would be the way that a service company would uh, be able to compensate for the amount of time it takes for a technician to get there or the amount of miles they're traveling. In New York City, as anybody who has been here, especially now around the holidays, um, well, I don't know, try driving anywhere around the Rockefeller Center area when they're lighting the Christmas tree. So you may go an eighth of a mile, but it might take you three hours. So in New York City, it wouldn't be uncommon for somebody to travel charge by the hour versus by the mile. Um, you know, in, in, in our case, usually what we do is we preset a um, hourly travel charge because we are an urban environment. But if we're dealing with suburban areas, we may go to a mileage charge. When you have a service contract, you can pre-negotiate some of those rates. So um, for some of our contract customers, for standard uh, service hours, we might cap the travel at one hour. So even if we're going into the city and we're going to fix your restaurant in Rockefeller Center and it's you know the same day that they're lighting the tree, it might take us two to three hours to get there. But if you're a contract customer, we might cap that at an hour for you. So you wouldn't pay any more than an hour um, in, in, in a case like that. Um, overtime hours and, and, and times on weekends, the typical charge is usually you're paying for a three-hour minimum, usually for after-hours work, emergency work. Well, I mean, that's definitely a great incentive to, to have a service contract in place for sure. So how about payment? I know every company is a little different, but how is payment usually managed between the, uh, the customer and the service provider? So just, just like anything else, as we develop a history with our customers, we can move toward uh, billing. And, and, and so probably what we would do is we would say that a customer might start off with us on what we call a COD basis. Um, that means that we might take a credit card over the phone. We might have their credit card and charge their credit card. We might accept a check in advance. We might accept a, uh, you know, a cash at the door kind of a thing. And, and that would be the way that we would start. Uh, for other establishments, as we developed a history, we can go to uh, setting terms. So, you know, our preferred method is that we bill you on a net 30-day basis, and and so we would send you a list of invoices. We would copy you with all of the supporting material, and we would expect the customer to pay within 30 days. Um, but in some hospital worlds, 
you know, the, the payment terms are longer. Sometimes hospitals pay 45 days or 60 days or 90 days. Um, hospitals get that extension of terms because of the volume of work that they do and because of the labor rates they pay. So there's always a trade-off. But for the most part, we can accept cash, credit cards, and checks, and um, eventually you would be on an open account, usually in that 30 days. Great. So it's basically like any vendor. So if you have that relationship in place and you've been working together for a long time, then you can always negotiate the payment. Uh, so when looking for a service company, what should they be looking out for in terms of, you know, they have all different types of equipment from different manufacturers. Should they be working with one service company, ideally, that uh, caters to the, all those manufacturers? Uh, you know, what are your suggestions with that? Well, you know, I, I think I think it's important to, to know that the service company that you're dealing with has relationships with certain manufacturers. How critical is that? It's nice during the warranty period. It may affect um, parts availability, but at the end of the day, it's about the experience that a service company has in fixing specific types of equipment. So if you're interested in working with a service company and you are a chain restaurant, well, then you pretty much know that your equipment or your type of equipment is going to be pretty similar to any other chain location. So you're going to want to ask that manufacturer that service company if they deal with other chains. If you're a hospital, there's a specific set of equipment that you're working with. If you are a uh, food production facility where you're uh, doing cook, chill, and, and producing mass quantities of food, it's important that your service company have experience in dealing with that. From a manufacturer's perspective, um, you know, for the most part, service companies represent uh, different manufacturers. And when they do that, I would think of that as an added bonus. So if, for instance, your service company is the manufacturer's factory authorized service agent for a significant amount or for some key pieces of equipment in your kitchen, that might be something you may want to consider. That means that that we get factory training. uh, We get uh, a direct tie line into the technical support areas of those factories. It's a plus. It's a nice to have. It's not necessarily the exact requirement, but you know, for a company like Tech Express that has or is the factory authorized service agent for well over 30 different manufacturers, that can be comforting for some of our clients because they know that we're getting information directly from the factory and we're dealing directly with uh, the factory when it comes to training. So it can help. Right. So one last question. I know operational cost is a big uh, problem with own operators. So what are some things that they can do to reduce service and operational costs? Uh, it's, it's a very good question. The, um, the simple fact of the matter is it, it comes down to what Grandma used to say. Uh, what is it? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of remedy. What I'm saying there is if you're getting your equipment looked at on a frequent basis and the frequency is completely dependent on how heavy duty use the equipment gets, you are going to prevent catastrophic failures because the catastrophic failures are the ones that cost big money. You can't predict them. You don't know when they're happening. You don't know when your equipment is going to go down. But Murphy's Law says it's going to happen at the worst possible moment. It's going to happen after hours, on a weekend, on a holiday weekend, and you're going to pay through the nose for any service company to come 
and try to put that fire out. Can a preventive maintenance program completely eliminate that from happening? Absolutely not. But what a preventive maintenance company can do is at least give you a heads up that it may be happening. And I would guarantee you that over the course of a year, you would see less catastrophic repairs than if you didn't have the preventive maintenance. So any other final words you want to share or do you think we've covered it all? Well, I, I think we've, we've probably covered it. Uh, you know, what I would suggest when you're looking for a service company is, uh, you know, make sure that they have the, um, the experience in dealing with your product. Uh, make sure that they have uh, factory trained technicians. Make sure that they can flex to your needs. And if, if they all do and they all can, then what you ought to do is you ought to select the service company that you like the best or that you get along with the best because when equipment goes down, and it will, it's important to have somebody who you feel comfortable with, who you can trust, who can come in and make you feel comfortable. Um, Sometimes, no matter how good a technician is or how good a service company is, there's going to be a lead time for parts. There's going to be a delay in getting that equipment up and running. You want to be working with a service company that is going to communicate, reach out to you, and and take this relationship from just being a billing event or a transactional event to a personal event. Think of it as, um, you know, in the old days when a police officer would walk the beat. So if you were a store owner... You know, you would know who the policeman is, and you would know about him, and you would talk to him or her, and you would have a relationship with them. Uh, so, so when the crime occurs, you know that police officer responds in a different manner, and and you kind of want that with your service company. So, when something goes down, have a relationship with your service company. Feel comfortable with them. Feel that you can count on them. Let them be the officer that's walking the beat that you see on a frequent basis. So. Uh, you know, when bad things happen, you get better level of service. I love that. I think uh, what you said is right on point. Like, it's so important to work with a, a service provider that it's um, not only reliable, but also someone that you can communicate with and build that relationship um, over time. So thank you so much, Doug, for sharing your expertise. I'm sure that people are going to get a lot of great value from this conversation, um, you know, whether they're in the uh, situation where they're looking for a new service provider or in transition and looking for a new one. So thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to today's Commercial Kitchen Conversation podcast. If you have any questions or if you'd like a particular topic covered in one of our upcoming episodes, please email us at info at techexpressny.com. Until next time, your partner in food service repair, signing off. Bye.